0: Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm
1: Haley.
0: And this is How to Not Get Killed. Welcome back, you son of a bitch.
1: Happy New Year!
0: (laughs) Happy whatever day this is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know it's sometime in 2023.
0: Or maybe 2024. What happened? We took a really long break. (laughs) No, no, we're back. It's 2023. Hopefully, we're done with all this fucking bullshit. But let's be serious. The world sucks. It's all falling apart. (laughs) It is all downhill from here. I'm
1: hoping that's going to be different this year.
0: Like, am I really so naive to think that things are going to change? No. Like, (laughs) I mean, I know better. (laughs) But anyways, we can at least be positive. Hope you guys all had a good holiday. Yes a break off hopefully from some time
1: off or a break yeah. or if you didn't hopefully you got drunk a little bit or something Yeah at least get like, least get drunk Yeah at least have some some, some eggnog some
0: Eggnog <laughs> <laughs> Yeah you could do that <laughs> some champagne Yeah. I don't
1: know maybe there was some stuff float maybe it wasn't yeah. even alcohol maybe it was hot chocolate maybe it was like some nice like cups of tea or coffee Exactly
0: I think we did this last year around this time um we talked about new year's resolutions I think we did that. Did we? I, I have a faint memory of us talking about like unhealthy New Year's resolutions and to go oh. easy on yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. So oh, yeah, okay, okay. Let's bring yeah. that back. Okay. So yeah, it's it's January, whatever it is today. And we're we just want to remind you to just go fucking easy on yourself. You're human. Yeah. yeah. You can do New Year's resolutions. You totally can. And I, I support that. Like, of course, better yourself always. I support-
1: all year resolutions.
0: All year. Yeah. But you if know. you're like, if I if I have one person look me dead in the eyes and they're like, January 1st, I'm losing 45 pounds. You, yeah. You're going to you get. need
1: to drop that shit.
0: Especially you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Men
1: All men of us. Are ob- obviously. Men do it.
0: Matches, they do it I'm in like a saying. weird, different way. <laughs> yeah. They're
1: like, I'm going to stop drinking beer or whatever. Yeah. And they like lose 45
0: pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they're going to like, I'm going to maximize on my fucking bill. And it's just like, bro. <laughs> relax my, my new yeah new issues, you more protein? yeah <laughs> i'm gonna carb load and <laughs> she's like okay honestly yeah,
1: we, we, yeah. no if, you, if you, again i don't fault you if you want to use the new year as a reset or a time oh yeah to, like reorganize some priorities or whatever but like just make those yeah healthy healthy realistic they serve you and not like You're not doing it. You're not doing it for other people. You should be doing it for yourself.
0: Yeah. You know, and again, like, go easy on yourself. Yeah. And you know what? Like, enjoy the food. Like, it's Christmas. Like, you're gathering with family, whether you're celebrating Christmas or not. This is probably, like, the most convenient time for everybody to just, like, have time off and go see who Mm -hmm. they need to see. Enjoy your food. You're human. Do all the things. If you feel unhealthy after the holidays, just, just eat healthy. That's it
1: two things that make you feel
0: good yeah that's that's it
1: and for me eating like a delicious meal with my family and friends over the holidays makes me feel good
0: i I feel great yeah yeah like for example right now we're recording this it's still december and i had a christmas dinner yesterday with like drew's family oh and i ate yeah i had seconds then i had dessert and i feel fantastic
1: absolutely that's time shared with people that you care about delicious food and and good food
0: yeah and i'm never
1: love in food guys
0: man food is my love language
1: yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> like i mean butter is your love language oh my, i mean course. it's that just like, that. <laughs> but it's just yeah so yeah i just figure every year i'm gonna bring so, that in yeah be happy
1: with whatever yes. you did whatever you whoever you spend time with yeah just, just just think about the parts you enjoyed yeah and and again don't punish yourself
0: no no no
1: we don't need any
0: of that shit no nah, i'm done with that I'm done with that. You come to me with some crazy form of diet punishment or just punishment in general for yourself. Yeah, I don't, yourself.
1: Hear, any, like, I don't hear any shit about a juice cleanse no. or whatever or, like, the cabbage diet.
0: Or, <laughs> or just any kind of, like, extreme. Just no. <laughs> Do none of that.
1: No.
0: Just eat healthy and take care of yourself. That's all. <laughs> you know what? Make more resolution, resolutions like be more kind. Stuff like that. That's what I'd like. Myself. Yeah. Journaling. Journaling. Reading. Yeah. Whatever do those yeah do those <laughs> not i need to lose 87 pounds by tomorrow morning Yeah. anyways we hope you had a great time and we hope you're not punishing yourself for it and let's start we this new year you. we love you we're here yeah we're doing this
1: yeah we're here to remind you every freaking year every year yeah. i are gonna do this every
0: year you're here. gonna hate I'm it
1: to
0: you. i'm gonna kick your <laughs> fucking ass <laughs> what well, are you gonna do a resolution of any kind
1: i don't really i kind of like yeah I decided a long time ago to I don't really do the whole new year's resolution right thing. like if I want to change something or I want to like rework something in my life you just then do I it kind of do that whenever I have thought about yeah that at that point exactly um and again I've I've tried the last few years to practice like not punishing myself after the holidays yeah. and like not restricting yeah. <laughs> myself at all those exactly I just talked yeah so like I try extra hard in January to to just like Almost like not change anything, just like go about my regular life. Yeah, um, because I feel like that sort of like works to counter all those like feelings I used to have exactly in relation to that time of the year. Yeah, so so yeah, so no, I don't really. Again, I, if you if you have them, that's great. I think it's a, it, it's a time that makes sense for most yes. people, which I totally understand. Yeah, but yeah, I try to just like. If I want to change something, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do that she
0: all year round. A, yeah. It's just New Year's all the time for Haley. Yeah. You know, every day is a new year. <laughs>
1: every day is January 1st. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no one really starts their
0: resolutions on January 1st. So no. it's like the second. No. are like hungover on the first We one, usually. McDonald's, like, like, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I mean, I want McDonald's every day. But like, I mean. <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine's, t- mine's um, just, I guess it's, I already started doing it. But to just like say no more. <laughs> That's mine. It's yeah, just boundaries. boundaries. That's all. Because I That's mean, a fantastic one. yeah, you guys know me. I'll just don't fucking ask. Honestly, guys, here's the thing. Here's my New Year's resolution: don't ask me to do shit because I'll say yes. <laughs> and and we all know I don't have time to do it. So just don't ask me. Don't. Your New Year's resolution, you listening, should just be to stop asking Becky questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love yeah, you guys don't say
1: coming. That you literally, but you know, what, in relation to asking her to do stuff
0: for you done don't want to hear it don't even bother because i'll say yes and then i'll fucking hate myself for it not you so i mean (laughs) back to the punishing (laughs) so that's mine is to just set better boundaries and actually stick to them Mm -hmm. so that that's it that's it i I think that's a decent one Mm
1: -hmm. we'll go with that i think that's a great
0: one so yeah okay let's get into let's get into this week's case So this episode is likely not going to be crazy long, uh, mainly because there's just so little information on Lorian's case, um, which is exactly why it also felt super important to discuss this one. Mm -hmm. Um, It is still unsolved. Um, I mean, if it somehow magically gets solved from the day we're recording this to when it comes out, I will certainly update it immediately. It doesn't feel like that's going to be happening, though. Um, but and Lorian's sisters um, named Candace Williams and Amira L, they demand and deserve justice and answers. So let's get into it. So Lorian Nicholson was born on October 6th, 1979, in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorian is described by his sisters and ones who loved him that have come forward and said, nice things about him as being kind, shy, but not in a bad way, loving, super protective of his younger sisters, and just kind of like altogether a super stand-up guy. Um, he was always well-liked and never had any kind of like enemies or problems with anyone really, or anything kind of like negative or scary on that end, just like a super normal, lovable young teenager. Mm-hmm. Lorraine's childhood is described by his loved ones as being Pretty normal, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing like that. Just again, regular stand-up, normal kid.
1: Yeah,
0: nothing, nothing crazy. Okay. So we're gonna just jump straight into like the thick of things. So that kind of starts in nineteen ninety-five, which would make Lorian sixteen. Okay. So Lorian's entering his sophomore year, sixteen. Um, he starts at this point. Um, for Americans, is sophomore like. The youngest? No, it's junior, sophomore.
1: No, it's freshman. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. That's it. Okay. So sophomore would be like equivalent to our like grade a grade
0: ten. 10. Okay. Yeah. I always try to like remember it in my head of like when it lines up. Yeah,
1: I only yeah. know that from movies. So if that is wrong, then someone tell us. But Please, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah.
0: <laughs> but so he he did unfortunately start slowly like developing some mental health issues he started to withdraw from friends and family at this time Mm -hmm. he became just a little bit more isolated and just kind of struggling with his mental health um his sisters recall noticing that he was a little withdrawn but never seemed like at the time like something to be wildly concerned about like it was just kind of like he might be going through some changes kind of along the lines of how any other teenager would around that time yeah Absolutely. But maybe it just hit him a little harder than the guy next to him. Mm-hmm. So very unfortunate that he's going through, like, mental health problems. But, again, it wasn't, like, at least by his sister's accounts, it wasn't, like, whoa, shocking, you know, like, this is the end of the world. It was just, like, this is what was happening with him at this time, and it kind of leads into other events. Okay. It was around this time, the exact date I was unable to find, that he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. In, a, yeah. In another short podcast I listened to that also covered this case, I'll, I'll link the episode. It's called um, Something Was Wrong. Uh, the hosts were actually able to interview Candace and Amira, and they gave, like, a lot of personal accounts. I also watched a documentary and kind of merged the information from there and an article. Um, but they said that they actually never saw any physical paperwork or anything like that that showed an official diagnosis. Um, they didn't even really, like... They said that they didn't really, like, witness any kind of, like, schizophrenic episodes and that they didn't really, like, acknowledge the schizophrenia until after the fact. Okay. They're, Candace and Amira are, like, his younger sisters. I, I think I say it again later, so if I end up repeating myself, just tell me. But I, it, the age gap is unclear. Okay. They never talked about their ages in any of the, like, documentaries or anything like that. It's just noted that they were, like, a good chunk younger than him. He was their big protective older brother and they didn't get to see a lot of the like nitty gritty Mm -hmm. so they're like we never really noticed that and it wasn't until later that it was kind of like oh so he had this but he seemed so normal to us like he didn't seem like he was just like always in an episode or anything like that yeah of course, that's not to, like, dismiss the large possibility that he did, in fact, have schizophrenia. Just, I wanted to, like, note their remarks on the whole thing. because. Well, and if
1: they're, like, a chunk younger than him, like, even if they were, like, 11 or 12, like, you probably wouldn't be shown documentation like that at that age. And, like, no. And then as far as, like, noticing things, like, maybe you're just you're young. You're young. Maybe you're just not noticing the minute things that like an adult would notice. Exactly. Yeah. But to you like everything is relative. Yeah.
0: More, yeah. I think for the documentation side of things, um Amira was more so like talking about how even currently she has had a hard time finding proof. Oh, I see.
1: I thought you meant yeah. the
0: time. I'm like, oh, but but well both. Yeah. yeah, as a kid obviously they're they're not going to see those kinds of things, but if they're also like yeah, not That is a
1: bit weird that they not able to get their hand-
0: yeah but i mean you never know like it was the 90s like things were a little different like i would hope documentation was a thing then but like well, yeah. it
1: would have been all paper so yeah like, you know like things go I
0: don't know. yeah i don't know that's one of those details i don't know there's a lot of like little missing details that it's it's all a mystery it really is all of this is just a mystery and still is um Lorian and his siblings around this time were living in different households. Like the actual living situation, I was also extremely unsure of. Like, I think, I think my understanding of their scenario is that they have different fathers but share the same mother. Okay. So I think, I, I was unable to gauge whether or not Candace and Amira were living together with the same father or or what the scenario was. Just that they were all siblings and obviously were connected by a mother. But it said that Larian, for a little bit, um, between 16 to 17, was, like, bouncing around a little bit from family member to family member and the occasional friend. But, again, it was noted that that wasn't out of, like, the ordinary for him.
1: Okay.
0: Like, he would often stay, like, with his uncle for X amount of time or so-and-so for X amount of time. Just kind of, like, again, maybe that was his way of coping with his mental health problems. Yeah. Which is, like, that's, that's totally fine. Like... No major issues were reported, like, at home. Like, I didn't find anything about, like, a really, I don't know, troubled home life like that. But again, maybe if he's bouncing around, maybe there was and we just don't know these things. Mm-hmm. So, in 1996 to 7, about age 17 to 18, Loryan entered the Job Corps program um, in hopes of learning a trade. He then came home abruptly after about roughly just a year. Um, the sisters... Still even say they're a little unsure as to why he came home, though. Um, like, they've, like, run through possibilities. Like, did he maybe get kicked out? Mm-hmm. Did he drop out? Did he get into a fight with somebody that led to him getting kicked out? They just weren't sure. Mm-hmm. Like, they are just like, it kind of seems fishy because he went there with the intention of, like, getting a, being able to learn a trade and, like, yep. get a good career out of it and all that. So shortly after his return home from the Job Corps program, he was admitted to a psychiatric facility by his mother to help aid with his schizophrenia Mm -hmm. he was prescribed some medications to help treat the schizophrenia um but in a conversation with his sister candace he kind of made it seem like he didn't really go there on his own volition like that he felt a little forced to go um so she was like i she talks about it in the one documentary i'll I'll share the link to that as well it's on discovery plus um she's just like not even really sure how he ended up there Like, how that transpired, what caused him to be dropped off there. Like, there's a story that's missing there Mm -hmm. that the sisters are like, we don't really know because, again, we didn't see these episodes. You know, like, there were times where, yeah, he seemed a little, like, confused or this. Like, things that they did notice, but it wasn't like, oh, he's just had this massive blowout that necessitates being dropped off at a facility. How long his stay at the facility was, also extremely unsure. It doesn't sound like it was, like, months long or anything like that. Certainly not years long. But it, it kind of sounded like it was, like, a few days to maximum a few weeks. Okay. Closer to a few days, though.
1: Okay.
0: But, again, no idea the, like, precise duration. So despite the schizophrenia and struggles Lorraine was facing at this time, his sisters both note him as still, like, not really being into any kind of suspicious activity. Um, He was just a regular teenager. Like, he was excellent at track and field. He had a bright future ahead of him. Like, he had friends. Despite withdrawing from friends and family, he was still just, like, a really regular teenager. Mm -hmm. Like, there was just, there was, like, this, like, mood to him, per Mm -hmm. se, where it was just, like, just a little upset. Like, just kind of withdrawn and to himself. And, like, that's okay. We all know people like that. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. Right? Um, his sisters still, even to this day, like, state that, like, he wasn't really into anything at the time that could have or would have got him hurt. Like, he didn't have, like, a shitty group of friends that were sketchy and, like, doing illegal things or anything like that. Like, he was part of a stand-up crowd. Like, it wasn't nothing like that. Um, They still cannot think of a single person who would intentionally want or have any reason to hurt Lorian. Like, they're just like yeah. there's there's no one. like okay. we can't think of a single person that would be like get him you know wasn't the kind of person to, nope.
1: like, get into anything or get in like you said with the wrong crowd or like nope. in trouble no
0: nope. and, and you know what? like sure again, like they were young, maybe their memories are skewed of like what his his yeah, personal life, which so. is a huge possibility. but again, like they're adamant about it. Mm-hmm. So like I I when people are like so adamant about like how they remember something, they must be certain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, cause like the times that I'm like, no, 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 this is how it went down. That's when I like, no, I'm certain of something that's happened. But if I'm like, I don't know, like maybe, but they don't yeah. seem unsure. <laughs> well, so I want to believe them.
1: Yeah. It's also like the nineties. Like, I feel like it's easier to hide stuff now because it's like, you could be like messaging somebody on Facebook or right? Instagram that like, you know, your family has no idea about, but it's like back then, like you'd have to be like either calling someone on a cell phone or like really, really sneaking around to be. Yeah. Like, doing something and hiding it from your family that well. I don't know. I just feel like it would be harder to do.
0: Exactly. Like, and it would be... That's what would then be noted as suspicious behavior. Mm-hmm. Like... If it's
1: like he's not around all the time. He's
0: like, yeah. He's staying out late or, like, he's like, doing secret home. calls or yeah. having these big blowouts or something like that. Like, yeah. I feel like the sisters would be like, you know what? Actually, I do remember this one time or, or like this.
1: Would see signs of stress, maybe. Like yeah.
0: You like... The the things that they note about him were all just very like, that sounds like a regular teenager that might be struggling. Yeah, It's just so it's it's hard to just be like, oh, he got himself into something bad, which I'm sure some people will probably speculate that. And I don't I don't think that's true at all. Now, let's get into it (laughs) now that you know where I stand, (laughs) because it's yeah. So on April 12th of 1998, Lorraine would have been 18 at this time. Um, he decided to go on a walk during the day. I, I I can't remember exactly now where the walk started, like what location he was at precisely. But the end goal was supposedly to get to his uncle's house. It was supposed to be a short walk, no longer than like maximum 20 minutes, really. But he never shows up to the uncle's house. Okay. At first, everyone's like, okay, it's daytime. He probably just got sidetracked, nothing to worry about. He's a teenager, maybe bumped into a friend. Yeah. Nothing alarming yet. But then time goes on and still no sign of Lorian. April 15th, 1998. This is just three days later. His mother reports him missing. After three days. Which feels wrong, but again, we don't know.
1: Yeah. I, it, it could, this, this is the thing. Like, there's so much missing here that it could be it could be a situation where again his sisters aren't remembering correctly, and it and and it, maybe it was semi-normal for him to disappear for a, a couple periods of time. Yeah. If they're not remembering things correctly, if they if, are yeah. and like what they're saying is true, then it's a bit weird that his mom waited. I would say that long. To... I
0: I think it's weird no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, like I agree, I completely agree. Like but I, I mean, think that's it's just the thing, is
1: in this situation. It, the only way it's not weird is if this was normal. If, yeah because he's 18 or 19 or whatever like he's technically an adult exactly so if he was in a habit of like you said moving around yeah and his mom was like oh, i just assumed he was at his uncle's house for like a day or two and then once i found out he wasn't well then i thought maybe he'd be at a friend's house and then by the time she's like getting around to checking in on all these places, yeah it's been three days like okay i could believe that yeah but if it wasn't normal behavior for him then that's alarming. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And then I have in here my note that I'm, I said I was probably going to repeat about the age gap. And again, we just talked about this. Like, I'm sure they don't have the full details of how everything went down. But it it was kind of as time went on that the two of them started piecing things together of all of the strangeness behind it for them at least, because for, for the sisters okay. because they they kind of just like grew up knowing like oh our brother's gone missing. And that's pretty much it. Okay. That was like the extent of their knowledge. And then they're like, "But like, how come more isn't being done? Like, how come we're not doing like searches and stuff?" Like, they started to get like, "Well, yeah, he's missing, and we know that that report's been made, but like, where is he? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, time's going on, and they're just kind of like, or like what's being done to and mind him. and exactly, and they're they're aging now, and they're like, okay, something's weird." Like we sh- are, we not looking for him. Like what's going on here? So a little bit of time passes. It's now two thousand and two. An, encou- an encounter between Lorian's mother and one of Lorian's friends. The friend is not named. The details of the encounter don't aren't disclosed in any information. Just this is like Amira's standpoint of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that an encounter went down between them. And it led Amira to be convinced that something more sinister could have been happening. She started feeling like their mom was lying about something and how, th- of, of like how everything went down. That maybe she wasn't fully involved in the disappearance, but that she knows more than she's leading on to believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she, there's definitely secrets this mother has that yeah, she, she knows she's not saying. sharing. Yeah. Exactly. So then this is when Amira and Candace are like, you know what? We're going to start like physically doing this ourselves because now we're like, now we're to a level of concern where we're able to comprehend everything that's going on. We're a little older. We're concerned. Mm -hmm. So they're like, we're going to find him on our own. They're calling hospitals. They're trying to follow any leads. They're talking to friends. They're talking to everybody. Like they're just almost reopening his case and just being like, okay, we're doing it. We're investigators now. Yeah. So more time passes, unfortunately, which isn't good for a missing persons case. But in 2008, one of Amira's other brothers is murdered. The details of this case were not discussed at all in the um, documentary or anywhere else. Maybe one day we will talk about that more. But this is what sparked more information coming to light of Lorraine's case. So she's talking to the police officers and investigators on her other brother's murdered case. Um, she tells them about Lorian and how he's still missing. We, we still don't have him. Yeah. Like he's still a missing person. This is what sparks those investigators curiosity and essentially was able to help them retrieve the missing persons report and help start piecing a few things together. Although they aren't like formally on the case basically. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2012, they finally get notified that it turns out that the original missing persons report has an addendum. Which means like a an update. Oh, okay. Um, this addendum shows that five days after the report was filed for Lorian's disappearance, police had spoke on the phone with a woman named Pauline Venable. This stated that Lorian had returned home safe and sound, and he is no longer a missing person. The addendum also states that the case was closed by exception. Meaning that the case was closed without anyone actually, like from the police department, laying eyes visually confirming this. This is false because Lorian still, at this point, hadn't be seen, like hadn't be like been seen from anyone yeah. from the day he left to walk to his uncle's house. And
1: who the fuck is this woman?
0: That's the thing. So, Amira and Candace are like, "Who's Polly Venable? We don't know her." Yeah, we have no, it could no idea. It could just be a fake name. And it sounds fake. <laughs> it's not. She ends up being a real person, but, like, I don't know why. Oh, when okay. I... <laughs>
1: I'm, just, I'm just thinking. I'm like, couldn't anyone call and be like, oh, I'm... Whatever. Yeah. Like...
0: Mike... I don't know. So... Whatever. They do, they do look into Polly Venable now, which, I mean, like, why didn't you guys at the time? Okay. But, I mean, okay. Whatever. Okay. whatever. I mean, just years. whatever police officers. I get it. You want to shit the bed all the time? That's fine. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> Turns out she was an elderly woman who actually never left her house. Like her kids l- later on in life more recently confirmed like no at the time. Like she was literally like bound to the house with yeah. no connection with like the outside world. She's paralyzed from the waist down and basically had n- like zero contact with Larian. And Amira and Candace are still like. Who the fuck is this person? Mm-hmm. So they call their mom. They It kind of sounds like they have, like, a little bit of a strained relationship with their mom, obviously, at this point, And they're just not trusting her fully. Mm-hmm. They, they already feel suspicious about their mom and how she it felt like she was holding back a lot of information, a lot of very helpful information. So they call their mom and ask her who she is. And the mom's just like, oh, I don't know. Don't know her. I've never I don't know that person. But then the investigators prove that their mom does in fact know Pauline because she, as in the mother, gave Pauline's number to the police to contact the mother after making the report. It was the phone number she used, as you can reach me here.
1: Weird. She gave them Pauline's number.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: Later, she then says to the investigators, not the daughter's. That she was dating Pauline's son at the time. So they immediately reopened the case officially. Because they're like, well, this is now.
1: Suspicious. This
0: is now very suspicious. Yeah. Because, because I'm sorry, you you reported your son missing. You gave us a number that leads back to somebody that isn't you. Mm-hmm. Then that person that this phone number leads back to calls back five days later and says he's been found when he, in fact, has not been found. And nobody has confirmed that he's been found or not.
1: Nobody's seen
0: him. Nobody's seen him. So we're going to just, we're going to scooch back in time for just one second. So on the morning of April 13th, 1998, just a day after Lorian's disappearance, Nashville police received a 911 call. A call is placed from a resident on Mary Street, a dead end road that was just three minutes away from Lorian's uncle's house where he was supposedly heading. The call explains that the caller found a body inside of something that was burning just in this open area at the end of the dead end street. So police and fire arrive and it turns out that the body was inside what looked like a like a carpet rolled up and tied with rope and then set on fire. They unroll the carpet and the body is burnt beyond recognition, which is how this individual became listed as a John Doe. They canvassed the area for witnesses, everything, did a full investigation. They looked into the person who placed the 911 call, found nothing unusual or suspicious about this person that would point to them, and this unidentified male. That's all they know at this time. The autopsy reveals that the cause of death was a blunt force trauma to the head, but they were only able to conduct a very limited investigation with the autopsy because of how badly the body was burnt. So they weren't able to take fingerprints or anything like that. It was just, we know that this is a young male. That's pretty much it. They matched it against missing persons reports at the time. Lorian wasn't reported missing, though. No. For three days. Mm -hmm. So at this point, back to more present timeline... Candace hits up NAMIS, which is the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. Okay. You can enter in all kinds of info relating to the missing missing person you're trying to find. Name, height, weight, gender, eye color, all kinds of defining features. So she enters in all of his info. The date he went missing, everything. And two results come up. One that had a body with the case attached to it, a John Doe with the date of death being the day after Lorian went missing. Mm-hmm. She calls Amira, and she's just, like, beside herself. They're thinking it's just too much of a coincidence, right? Yeah. Like, they they have to look into it. And the location of it. And the location. It's, so it's it's feeling very like this could be him. Yeah. So they call the medical examiner listed on this file and learn that he was labeled John 19 Doe and given a burial location for un, unidentified persons. So they, at this point, arrange DNA testing because they're like, well, we need to confirm if this is Lorian. Like, we have to know. So they they confirm that it is, in fact, Lorian Nicholson. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So they were able to find one piece of significant evidence that was left at the scene, which was a pager. They pulled the numbers from the pager it popped up as some nearby addresses and persons of interest, but eventually all just, like, led to dead ends. Nothing that could actually tie back to Lorraine L- really in any way. They mm-hmm. finally identified the owner of the pager, um, but they go on in anything I was able to find to identify this woman as TH. Just initials. Um, she admits to purchasing the pa- pager. She was, at the time, the investigators found her living in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which I think is, like... Oh, my God, how far away is Iowa from Nashville? I'm going to assume very far. So she's, like, basically out of the picture, but they were still able to track her down. Um, So in present day, she said at the time she had bought the pager for a blackmail she was in a brief relationship with but couldn't remember his name. Um, But then in a second interview, she gives the initials of the person that she was in this relationship with, who the pager was for, as AC investigators go on to try and locate this ac because they're thinking maybe this is who did this. Okay. They can't find anything.
1: So she doesn't remember his name, but then all of a sudden she remembers his initials. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And that's that that's that. Okay. So, then on May 30th, 2013, the headstone that was formerly titled John 19 Doe is replaced with one that has Ryan's full name and birthday. However, she doesn't, the mother does not invite a single member of the family to this essentially reburial. The sisters were not invited. The two that are fighting the hardest to find answers, they didn't get to go. And no official suspects had have ever to this point in time been named in his case. Wow. It's it's just cold. That's it. It's it's wild because the sisters are just adamant that this case could have been solved almost immediately. Yeah, almost immediately had the police actually just followed up on the false claim that Lorian had been returned home safely.
1: Yeah, yeah, because of, because it's like oh he's been returned home. Whatever your policy is, like I don't know. I would imagine that it has something to do with like. You need to go and like verify that. Mm-hmm. You can't just take everyone at their word. Nope. So if they had gone and tried to verify it, then they would. He would have been nowhere to be found. Yep. And they would have kept looking. And
0: and had he considering been
1: during the location of where the body was found, I would hope. I would hope they would be competent enough to like make that connection.
0: Yeah. And it it would also wildly help the case if he was reported missing that day. Well, or course. even the day after, because that's when the body was found. Yeah. So head. let's say, Lorian's mother reported it the following morning, even. Just, hey, you know what? My son never came home yesterday. He never made it to his uncle's place. Yeah, like
1: if there was a paper trail. Yeah. Because, like, I know that, like, they're always, like, 20 24 hours. hours or whatever. But, yeah. like, at least... A call
0: had been made, at least you know? at least something would be documented that way when the body of a burned young male shows up, they might be like, maybe this is also the same person that went missing yesterday yeah. in this exact same area like it it actually would have been stupidly easy to solve mm-hmm. had had all of those things just been done. Mm-hmm. But now the sisters are faced with who did this to him? They have the closure of having his body and having confirmed where he is. They have their, yeah, their burial site. Yeah. So they have that closure, but that's, that is that just, it's not enough. Well,
1: no. It's, it's no
0: never way. enough. It
1: would never be enough.
0: And it's not justice because it's not like he fell down into a river and that was it and nobody's to blame. There is blame here. There's blunt force trauma and then somebody had the audacity to burn him. And roll him up yeah. in a carpet. Like that that's where justice needs to be served. Mm-hmm. Whoever did this to him needs some kind of degree of punishment because that's murder.
1: Yeah, no, he was very <laughs> yeah, very clearly there was foul play. So somebody's walking around free. Yeah. Possibly, unless they've committed another crime. Um, for yeah. for a murder, which is atrocious. It's and it just seems like something that could have possibly been avoided i mean like who knows There, the case could still be open now even if they had but at least like a yeah. connection would have been made and family members wouldn't have had to go upwards of
0: almost 15 20 years 20 almost 20 years oh 22 actually i think it's 22 years from no yeah
1: when when did you say this was
0: he 2014 he went missing on in 1998
1: he went missing in 1998 but when did they find this out
0: um, when they found the body, or when they confirmed, um, I can't remember exactly the date that they confirmed. But like, oh, it was twenty thirteen that the sisters were able to match the, um.
1: So fifteen, fifteen years. Yeah. Fifteen going fifteen years, like just not knowing where your brother is, or whether he's out there somewhere, whether mm-hmm. like he's alive or dead. Yeah, that's. Yeah,
0: that's not right. Yeah, so they like they are actively actively searching for answers um like again if you go and search his case there's there's like one article that's it so and i think that's like another big problem here is it's it's just it's his case because he's a black male does not get enough attention in in regards to another case of like let's say like a young blonde blonde female it's just it's never going to get the same attention and that's why i want to talk about cases like this because Everyone needs to be found. Everyone needs to have answers. Everyone needs to have resolution to their case and deserves it. It's just like a right. I think that's like a basic human right. Of course. And like I just like hate thinking that these two sisters are just sitting there, just not knowing and knowing that their mother has some some secret hold back evidence that she's hanging on to, yeah. and was, she,
1: was the mother ever interviewed?
0: Um, She, she, I don't know about by police. I couldn't find any of that. Um, She did decline to be interviewed for the documentary and I haven't been able to find any kind of other statements from her otherwise. Um, The sisters in the other podcast I I mentioned, and I, again, I will link that. um, They did talk about how they were really upset with the, again, the singular article that came out Mm -hmm. because it painted their mother as, as the victim Instead of highlighting the suspiciousness of the case and talking about Lorian and drawing attention to like the urgency of solving the case, instead it was like this young grieving single mother, yeah, which of course is horrible. But when then you go and look at the facts, it it raises even more suspicion. Yeah, there's
1: questions. There. There's, questions. There's, questions. there's questions. There, if there wasn't the Pauline phone number whole thing, then. I would find no reason for there to be so much suspicion around his mother. Mm-hmm. But aside from this altercation with his friend that the sisters are remembering, but with all of that going on, there's something, something something, doesn't happen. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Like, when Amira talks about, in the documentary, about the, like, en- encounter between their mother and the friend of Lorian's it's... She's very put off. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't know what exactly, like caused this encounter to even happen between like a mom and then her son's friend like that's weird Mm -hmm. like she points out like the weirdness like how often does your mom fight with like tyler's friends almost never yeah no like never that's weird yeah that is a weird thing Mm -hmm. so that's why she's like it's i don't know the details of it but like it it feels like something and of course you want you do want to like have those things where you're like well like Maybe this is something and you, like, grasp on to different leads. But, again, these these sisters are adamant that, like, it's not like he put himself into tricky situations. Like, there's yeah. all kinds of speculation. And I do urge everyone to watch the documentary because there's, like, a few different, I don't want to say theories, but, like, they do ramble off, like, different ideas of what they think could have happened. But, again, they have no no conclusion to what went down.
1: Yeah yeah it just it seems very bizarre someone goes to walk from here to here
0: in such a short area like
1: never seen again and then it's then then we find out he was murdered in
0: in in, a graphic way like it's
1: within like less than a day's time
0: less than exactly it's almost yeah so uh that's yeah it's yeah it's very very i don't know off-putting yeah And how this happens and how it's able to just slip through all the cracks because that just shouldn't happen. No, no, of course not. So I did want to just add in here that if you or anyone you know has any information at all relating to Larian's case, to please contact Tennessee Missing and Unsolved by calling or texting the following number, 615 556 0534, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll also add any kind of links possible to the show notes if I'm able to, after the fact of this episode, find different like channels for you to hit up that can help solve this case basically. Yeah,
1: because
0: that's quite a wild mystery, like, quite a mystery. and these sisters deserve answers. Yeah, so.
1: Good for them for seeking them
0: out, yeah, and I'm sure they probably won't rest until it's resolved. Yeah, I, I know I wouldn't, like, no. that's just no. yeah. So on that note, sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed.
1: And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com.
0: Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at how to not get killed.
1: And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch. At www.howtonotgetkilled.com.
0: Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Keep us lazy. See ya. Bye.